Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Everyone, welcome in to another edition of SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. Second inning of the fifth game. It's great to be back with y'all. Danny Boy Reginald here alongside my two favorite pals. Introduce yourselves, folks. What's going on, everyone? Bill Murphy here. And I'm always the one and only Mark Holdup's guy, Halpern. And sadly, uh, for the second straight week, we are without the patch man. Uh, very busy man. Like I said, he's got to do his thing and make money and eat food. So we hope that he Because we all got to well. eat food. Yep, exactly. We all got to live. So I hope that he is doing what he has to do. And um, he will be back very soon. He apologizes and he'll be here in spirit. So we wish him all the best as he hopes to come back soon. I really yeah. miss Patchman. I don't know about y'all. Oh, I yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he he is like one of the hardened souls of the sports city crew. So we really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, he he busts his the, ass here. He really does. We yes. we appreciate all of his efforts with the network and the show and all that stuff. He he is truly truly one of the best. He's been so, one of my right hand men since day one. So exactly. exactly. So Which, come back when you're back, free Patch. We miss back. you. Come back when you're free to come back, man. Oh, I know what would really make him come back. Patch, if you don't come back, we might have to bring Ross in here. And you know what? I just I dropped did. my pencil to that one. <laughs> but you know what? Mark dropped his pencil on that one. But you know what? I have producing power, so I can actually bring him in if he wants to come on the show. Hey, there you go. That would scare the crap out of The gauntlet has been thrown, Patchy. <laughs> come oh, back we're just back. kidding. Come back we're just back. kidding. <laughs> or are we? Okay. Ooh. All right. Oh, so we got a lot to get to. Week two in the NFL wrapped up. Uh, we got MLB, very important races going on in Major League Baseball with the playoffs. Not so much in the, the National League top tier stuff. Like that, that's pretty much sealed. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's hard to talk about trying to get the first wild card for the NL when the Dodgers and the Giants pretty much have that locked. Yeah. Pretty much. It is kind of hard to talk about that. Yeah. So we'll talk about races in the American League and more MLB news, big MLB news coming out today. And then, um, uh, like I said, week two of NFL and many other stuff going on in sports. So let's get straight to it. And, you know, thing, the biggest thing with week two. Uh, let's go local for a second to our New York teams because, you know, we want to get that out of the way. The Jets sucked. <laughs> yeah, and look, you expected you expected a bad game from Not Zach Wilson. Not that bad, but you know what? Yeah. Growing pains are part of football. He's a rookie. What can it you is. do? Yes. What can I, um, you do? Um, you know, before I make this point, I want to give a shout out to my good buddy Vasilio. He's a big Jet fan, and um, because he was at the game yesterday. Yep. And I'm like, and the Jets lose again, and then he goes. 
Well, at least they scored more points than the Miami Dolphins who got shelled 35 to nothing. <laughs> and no, that's not a jab at Mike Rifkin. It might be. I don't know. Yeah. Now the Dolphins losing Tua in the first eight minutes of the game to a rib injury. That's why Miami didn't put up any points. Yeah. And, I, mean, um, that, I mean, that could have – I mean, if, you, if you're just talking about that division itself, that could have a lot of – ways of changing that division that that's a lot in that division because Tua had a good game with oh you yeah, sure did. so that's a big loss for my rocked the place yeah and and he said well I, I like Zach Wilson he just needs to get acclimated those are the words from my buddy well but the thing is that you know I expect mistakes from him so that's why I'm not totally upset look do I want him to do well of course I want him to do well he plays for my team and I want the Jets to win but you know people need to also remember that it's also about the growth and development and that takes time with certain quarterbacks it took time with Peyton Manning it took some time with Tom Brady well everyone had their own issues that they dealt with and you just got you just have to have to go through the process it's as grueling as it is you have to go through it. So I'm not mad at the five interceptions. I want to see the Jets, though. One thing I do want to see from the Jets is I want to see them learn how to protect the quarterback because that offense, minus the running game, was just dreadful. He There were some times where he had no time. Now, there are some a lot of these interceptions, though, like he had, I guess all four of them, he, he probably had time to make a decision and stuff. Um, so, you know, he, it, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things, but to me, I feel like the offense minus the running game was just dreadful. Like no one was open in the receiving game and the offense just can't protect them. So you, you, they have to figure out how to do better on offense because the defense actually kept them in the game for a while. For a while, they sure did. And, you know, when you're thinking, oh crap, 13 to three going into half, like, you know, if you, they sort of did what they did in Carolina week one, where they figured it out and, you know, right. they actually go on the tear on offense, you know, then they'll probably have a chance at winning the game, but that wasn't the case. So uh, Jets lose. Uh, Zach yeah. Wilson um, has a, an, another huge welcome to the NFL moment for interceptions. No touchdowns. Right. Not not very good performance, but again, he'll learn from it and he'll continue to grow. Uh, Josh Allen had a big, good day with the Bills. Yes, he uh, did. And, you know, uh, I'm happy for all the Bills fans out there that were suffering after that terrible loss to the Steelers. They win that- in Miami big. Now, granted, with injury, that yeah. injury to, John, yeah. to, to my, my Miami Dolphins, excuse me. They still won big. Buffalo, you know, it's always a good matchup between Buffalo and Miami. Oh, it is. But when you lose your starting quarterback eight minutes into the game and he's not going to return, you don't know what type of rapport that backup quarterback is going to have with this team. Yeah. And it was very hard for him. He could not get the ball really much anywhere. And the Bills are a good defense, you know, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So you let them get out to a 14 nothing lead, that's it. You know, Buffalo is that good of a team. 
Yeah, Josh Allen is the bomb. Yeah, and he seemed to connect very well this game, better than he did in week one against the Steelers uh, with his receiving core. And the offense seemed to click better. So yes. that that's, yeah. a re, that's a reassuring thing for Buffalo because, you know, week one after that horrible performance, you're probably scared out of your mind, you know, but Sunday was pretty reassuring for them. And I'm it was glad. nice to see Devin Singletary. Oh, absolutely. Have a big game. Yes. Uh, 100 yards rushing, that especially that scamper for the touchdown. Oh, I mean, well, I mean they, 46 they, yards, that is something the Buffalo Bills were missing last year. Yeah. Now you have Singletary and Allen, who are both good runners. Mm. That puts a whole new uh, cog in the wheel. Yeah, they, exactly. ran it, they ran it down Miami's throats. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Like, I, I watched that game, and every single time they were running the ball. Like, it was just bad news for the Dolphins. Like, all around, it was just it was just, just a lousy day. And, you know, obviously, the two injury doesn't help. No, if, so, you're a, if you're a Dolphins fan, yesterday was hell. Yeah. Um, another rookie who did not have a very impressive day was, again, unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence out in Denver, mm-hmm. uh, losing 23-13. He started out good. You know, he made his connections with Marvin Jones Jr. early in the game, four for 55 and a touchdown. And then it's like the guillotine blade came down and that team just died. You know, I have to ask you, I have to ask you, and um, do you think maybe that this is just growing pains or could this be a, for Trevor Lawrence, or is this a preview of things to come? Well, I, I, I think it's definitely growing pains, but I also think that he's just nervous. I think there's some nerves to it, too, because. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, I was just about to say, like, you no. know, what if what if it's the fact that maybe he's a little in his head a little bit? And until he gets out of whatever funk it is, you know, he's just going to have to just deal with it. Right. I mean, with all the talk about and the rumors about Urban Meyer possibly leaving to go to co- back to college coaching, <coughs> it's not helping at all because oh, when you have your star quarterback can't communicate with his coach because his coach is dealing with another issue. But I mean, it's Jacksonville, unfortunately. But Mark, I mean, I've, Mark, I've been saying this for the for months now, and I'm sorry, folks. You've heard me say it thousands and thousands of times, and I'm going to say it thousands and thousands of more times until my point is made. But here's the thing, and I've said this since January. I don't think Jacksonville, because, okay, they didn't have Trevor Lawrence yet at the time, but it was about a 99.9999999% chance they were going to get Trevor Lawrence. Yes, with yeah. a point zero 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 one margin of error, but anyway, um, I was saying when they said, "Ooh, Urban Meyer's coming to Jacksonville," "Ooh, Trevor Lawrence," I was saying, I was probably in the vocal minority here. I don't think I said I don't think that Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence was really going to be a good thing again. I'm so, gentlemen, I'm sorry you have to hear me repeat this, but yeah. I sound like a broken record right now. But anyway, because I said you need someone with experience, someone who's been around the block. This is Urban Meyer's first season coaching in the NFL. Until last Sunday, 
Urban Meyer never coached an NFL game. And it's not like the guy hasn't been around football. But, like, here's the thing. If you want someone – when you have someone like Trevor Lawrence, who's just come out of college, who was a number one draft pick. I'm sorry I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You need someone who's going to mold Trevor Lawrence into an NFL quarterback. And you need someone with experience, someone who's been around the block, and someone who could do that. One of the people I was screaming for was Eric Bienme in Kansas City. I (laughs) I think he would have been... Because look what he's done with Pat Mahomes. I think he could have done that with Trevor Lawrence. Or another name that I think if I said that, if I said this on air, people would probably scoff at me. But go ahead, people. You can scoff. Maybe Josh McDaniels. And I, because, you know, the, the work he, okay, granted, when he came to New England, Tom Brady was already Jesus incarnate. But- right. But the work he didn't have much to do with Brady. He could have brought that if Jacksonville were to hire him, he could have brought that to Trevor Lawrence. But we all know Josh McDaniels is just waiting for Bill to croak. So we we all know he ain't leaving anytime soon. Here's the thing, though, and I and I completely understand what you're saying. And I first of all, I agree with you. I wouldn't have hired Urban Meyer to be the coach. But Urban Meyer's the coach. There's nothing. There's that's the reality of the situation. It's I know about, it's the reality of the situation. It's but- about how it's about how you're going to mold him into a quarterback in the NFL. And you know, this is what the Jacksonville Jaguars signed up for. They signed up for a rookie quarterback coming out of college to, you know, pair up with a coach that doesn't have a lot of NFL experience or basically none. So, you know, it, to me, it, it's a shame that so far out of Jacksonville, you know, there's already some type of issues in terms of, you know, coaching staff, and, uh, communication. It's, a, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's, it honestly yeah. is. The perfect word for it, too, is embarrassing. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry, go on, Mark. Oh, uh, last thing to touch on is – he started off the first quarter very well, just mm-hmm. like he did last week. And then for some reason, something changed, whether it was a play that he didn't know or whatever. And the moment he threw that first interception last week, he was no good from that then on out. He was just nervous. My question is, is the playbook too hard for him? Well, I don't, I just don't know what playbook they have that's NFL ready. Exactly. That's where I'm going with this. I don't know if Urban Meyer was the right decision. Urban yeah. Meyer is a great college coach. Don't get me Absolutely, wrong. Absolutely, 100%. And deserved his shot. Also, but, guys, and, you know, I'm just speaking truly here from, from numbers here. Usually when coaches go from college football to, NF, to the NFL, like, yeah, you have your successes, but a good chunk of the time, they usually do, don't do that great. Uh, like, Unless there are a few who've had success, yeah, not every success. coach that comes up, yeah. but this is two games and two of the same result. It, you know, something has to start working because you blow his comp, meaning uh, Trevor Lawrence, you blow that confidence, you got a problem, yeah. And you, you have to, 
you have to find a way to sort of take him out because I feel like he's you know trying to make spectacular plays. I think he's trying too hard. You have to get him out of that mindset and understand that you know the pros are going to come and get you. This is not. This your... is not. This is not an easy cookie to deal with. But it's not, it's not an easy cookie to eat. That he's going to get his behind handed to him. So, you know, we'll, we'll monitor the situation in Jacksonville. Uh, I really hope Trevor Lawrence at least starts to show some improvement because I wouldn't want to throw him out there. To touch on another team, Carolina comes out and dominates New Orleans 26 to 7. Is the Sam Darnold story happening? Are we yes. finally seeing what we wanted to see out of him? Oh, absolutely. And the return of Crab Legs, as we know him, is back. I mean, and I this is why I wanted Matt Rule as the Jet coach when the Jets had a chance yeah. to hire him. Yeah. The I Jets talking the, about that. The, the Jets gummed that up by asking the silliest question on earth. Who would you put on your coaching staff why the fuck does that matter why does it matter that the Jets had to ask him that question to have some type of control over the coaching staff it's crazy because it look at look at the Matt look at what's going on Matt Rule in Carolina with Sam Darnold it's working great right now yep imagine that with the Jets mind you I was excited for the Jets when they got Darnold yeah, I came out. I was full on because yes. that to me was the right quarterback, the wrong staff to treat him. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it obviously didn't help that Bulls was still there. So not right. But, but then, I, but then going to Gase was a terrible decision, mm-hmm. and it showed. Yep. And can, now, sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, because the thing is, is because not a lot. You know, we say this a lot. A lot of coaches make a big difference in quarterbacks because Sam Darnold went to two coaches. He went through Todd Bowles and Adam Gase. Mm-hmm. Neither of them worked for him. Right. And now you got Matt Rule, and you see this is working fantastic. I'm sorry, Mark. What were you saying? I, no. I, I uh, no, Bill, that's fine. I was going to basically touch on what you said. Sam Darnold is now with the right coach to show him how the NFL works. And he's given the support. You have Christian McCaffrey, you got DJ Moore, and they got rookie and Terrence Marshall Jr. for him. That shows you're committed to your quarterback. And then not only does it show you're committed to your quarterback, but it shows that you're committed to the process of development for the entire team. Because, you know, that team's good. That team's changing. You know, new quarterback trying to learn a new system. It's going to take time. So far, I see no issues with Sam Darnold. No. And he's been errorless, too. He's so been so the, the, the fact that Matt Rule and Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson, that they're sticking it up the Jets' little hole. <laughs> the fact that it's happening really gut, gut-wrenching for Jet fans. Really gut-wrenching. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Touch I think on. the front office and them are crying right now because of this. Uh, I mean, they have Robert Sala, who I think is a good coach. So, you oh, know, he is a good coach. So let, let's see. Yeah. We got to go through that process now, but still. Right. You know Again, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. I want to give a quick question about Carolina. Um, and 
again, I know it's only week two, and I'll probably get into more deeper discussion on this on the um, Thursday night gridiron plug, 7 p.m. YouTube live. Go watch it. It's great. But anyway, yeah, shameless plug. Anyway, um, do you think – I know it's only week two, but do you think Carolina could possibly be the challenge in the NFC South to Brady and the Bucks? Anything is possible. You know, right now, as you said, yes, it's week two. However, yes, he's played the Jets and he's had to play the Saints. They're not all-star teams that they're, that he's playing. But you want to know something? He's playing like an all-star right now. And that's only going to build that team's confidence. Because, look, the Panthers destroyed the Saints yesterday. Because yep. last week, everybody was talking like, Ooh, ooh, the Saints beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers or the Jameis Winston is Drew who? And now it's because we said this on, I think it was on the first Thursday night gridiron. It was you, Mark, it was you, me, and the Patch Man. Mm -hmm. We were saying who would be the big competition to Tampa Bay and the NFC South and we all said the Saints because they looked at it we when you look at it on paper it was a very distinct possibility but as we also said we have to wait until a couple of weeks go by Sam Darnold has been errorless in my opinion and I wish him the best I hope he can take the Carolina Panthers to the playoffs you know we'll see you no, know I'm going to call this again. now it, depending on how Carolina does the next few weeks I'm going to call it, depending on how they do the next few weeks, I think Carolina is going to be the big competition for Tampa Bay and the NFC South. And and they certainly are two weeks in. And, you know, I would like to take back my comment when I said after week one how Sam Darnold didn't really do very well, was very impressive. I take that back. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold. I don't know why I said that. I'm the dumbass. You have his helmet in your car. Do you miss Sam Darnold? Don't Sam Darnold, if you're listening, Reg misses you terribly. Oh, I, I I want Darnold, man, so badly, so badly. But Wilson's fine. Wilson's fine for now. He'll grow out of it. Yeah. Moving on to my local game, I'm gonna make it very brief. There's not really much to talk about. My Dallas Cowboys went into Los Angeles, and there was something different. The fans were all Cowboys fans. They went out in Los Angeles tickets in Los Angeles. And it was proven that over 50% were Cowboys fans. And the Cowboys did something they didn't do in week one. Finally, they ran the ball. Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott combined for 198 yards and two scores. That did not have his most impressive day, but he moved the chains. Okay. Herbert was just amazing 338 yards with the touchdown but unfortunately two picks i do like the kid i think he's got a bright future but my cowboys went out and proved they can run the ball and that week one against the bucks was not a fluke these are two, these are two good teams the chargers and the, and the cowboys those are two good teams yep and the cowboys went out there and gave it all they had yep now, you know, it wasn't as high scoring no. as week one, but still, they stayed in it. They contained the Chargers, who had a great game against mm-hmm. Washington. Yep. So, 
you got got to give Dallas credit. Got to give Dallas credit. Now, Dak, I know you know people are like, "Oh, Dak didn't have didn't do really much." Dak Prescott kept the team in order. Yes, and, and you know, that's all. That's he didn't what, have the yardage or the touchdowns. That doesn't right. matter. Yeah, he no. helped move that ball and control the game. For first of all, I think Zeke is the guy. Uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it, you know, as much as I favor quarterbacks more, Zeke's your guy. He's the mm-hmm. one that's going to carry your team. Right. So and, as long as he does well, Dak right. Prescott can dink and dunk all he wants. Exactly. We had some exciting four o'clock games. Oh, some real exciting four o'clock games. And the first one I'm going to touch on is the Titans and the Seahawks. Oh my God. That was such a great game. Like Derek Henry showed up. Oh, he was a beast yesterday. Derek Henry was an absolute beast yesterday. Did you see Um, that 60 yard touchdown that to tie the game? Yeah, it was like trying to tackle a Coke machine with nothing. You're not hitting him. Exactly. And Derrick Henry, you helped me a lot on fantasy yesterday, so thank you. Um, um, hats off to Tannehill. Oh, he played great he yesterday. Kicked Julio Jones in the ass and got him. Oh, the ball. Julio Jones actually did well yesterday. 128 yards. Yeah. It proves how dangerous AJ Brown and Julio Jones can be. Because uh, that's what you have on the receiver end is Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And when the Titans first got A.J. Brown, I got – not A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Because with Julio Jones, I've been skeptical of because he is older. And he does – and last year he was getting hurt every 38 seconds. And but now, and after last week is abysmal performance because I've been saying this. When Julio Jones is healthy, he's amazing. But mm-hmm. but he's getting up there in age. But yesterday, I think, like you said, Tannehill gave him a good old-fashioned kick in the ass that That's he needed. And That's all he needed. 128 yards. And what a freaking comeback, though. What a freaking comeback. The, mm-hmm. the Seahawks going into the half. We're up 24 to nine. Mm-hmm. And did you see when he was going into the locker room? When he, when he was going into the locker room, um, Pete Carroll gave fist, fist pump to the crowd, thinking, oh, we got this in the bag. And then the Titans came out in the second half and silenced the 12th man in Seattle. And, and Seattle's a tough place to play in. And, yeah. you know, hats off to Tennessee for coming away with that victory. And Yesterday, uh, the Titans snapped Seattle's 12-game home opener winning streak yesterday. Interesting. This has been Random Facts with Bill. You know, nothing to take away from Russell Wilson, what he did yesterday. Oh, no. Absolutely Russell, fantastic. Russell Wilson had a great game yesterday. Finding Lockett. E.K. Metcalf was a little too quiet, but he was well covered. So, you know, but Tyler Lockett, another 100-plus yard game and another two scores. Oh, Lockett is great yesterday. Is he the wide receiver of the year already? (laughs) I'm rooting for him. Well, I mean, as long as he makes the big plays that Seattle needs to make, 
Uh, and then obviously to go along with the many spectacular catches they can make. Why not? Who cares? Why the hell not? But uh, yeah, good on Tennessee for coming back to beat Seattle yesterday. Absolutely. What about Arizona, Minnesota? There's a game that was running over each other the whole game. Both defenses weren't alive. Mm-hmm. However, their quarterbacks were. Dan? I just think that my concern is just, you know, when you're Minnesota, and by the way, they, they like you said, both teams had good offensive games, and I'm happy to see that. Uh, but, you know, when you're Minnesota and you're down by one, and you have the try that you have only for it to be wasted on a missed field goal. Like, you know, like how deflating can that be? It was absolutely horrible. It's just, it, that's a tough pill to swallow. You know, Kirk Cousins did all he could, you know, everyone else, you know, from Dow Cook. He has um, not been himself at all. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the offense is nothing to be ashamed of, but you know, in that big moment, like you want to, you want to, you know, make that play. You want to mm-hmm. make that kick. So, I mean, that was that was tough to watch. You know, and um, I, that happen. But hey, good game nonetheless. I mean, I, I was thrilled with as our Kyler Murray. Oh, Kyler Murray is a awesome beast. Game. Kyler Another Murray's awesome a beast. Game. 400 yards, three and two. Come you on. know what? I Correct. think the best way to describe yesterday's game was a text in our group chat from our very, very dear friend, Mr. Eric Ford, a.k.a. Big Brother, who said, <laughs> I'm still laughing at this one, who said, there's only there's a few things that are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and the Vikings missing a clutch field goal. Field goal yeah. A big shout out to Big Brother for that comment, yes. Yeah, I was cracking up when he, when I was reading that. Um, but no, uh, playing it all serious. Both quarterbacks played a hell of a game. DeAndre Hopkins, yet again, another touchdown early in the game, but was kind of quieted towards the end. Yeah. But like I said, that combo between Murray and Hopkins is deadly. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been deadly since Arizona made that trade. Absolutely. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and it seems like you know, he fits just better with Murray. Like, that's something that I've noticed. I mean, nothing against, you know, Watson or any of the quarterback that, you know, Hopkins has had, but, like, you know, I just think that with Kyler Murray in there, I think the connection is so deep, and it could go a long way, dude. Absolutely. You know, I've always liked DeAndre Hopkins. I was excited when he went to Arizona. Because I wanted Kyler Murray to have a guaranteed target. Yeah. And you don't get more guaranteed than DeAndre. Oh, yeah, to me, the game of the week, though, didn't happen during the day. Oh, last night. Sunday night football. Baltimore Chiefs came down to the last 30 seconds. And who runs it in? Nobody. Lamar Jackson flipped in, baby. What a night for Lamar. He didn't run. He flipped over that goal line. He was. He was awesome last night. He really was. 100 yards on the ground, 100 100 plus in the air. Has not been done in a while, but he's the last one to do it before him. Two touchdowns. 
No, wait, one touchdown. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He did. He did great. And you know what? For the first time ever, because they always flash this. Lamar Jackson has never beat Pat Mahomes. Last night, that changed. Correct. And don't get me wrong. I love Pat Mahomes. How can you not? I love Pat Mahomes. I think, <laughs> I think he's great. He's probably one of my playing nowadays. He's probably one of, if not my favorite non-Giants player. I think he's, I think he's, I love Pat Mahomes. He, and you can't take away from Mahomes. He had a good game last night too. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns, sure 343 yards. Or as Reggie would say last night, John Harborough, who used to work under Andy Reid, the student has beat the master. Yeah, I mean, that was a good coaching sequence from John Harborough at the end of the game. Uh, to secure that victory and, you know, again, just one night for the Ravens uh, to, you know, close out that game the way they did. Now, of course, they got turnover before that. So let's, let's, uh, that was, that, that's how, that's what aided the victory. But yeah, definitely that. And also just the resiliency, poise that you see from Baltimore so far in the season. Like, it's just, it's incredible. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't know if people, not that they don't take Lamar Jackson seriously, but I feel like there's always this, like, there's always doubt, some type of doubt yeah. that he'll never grow into another big time player because he's a runner, you know, he can't sling it or whatever. Because he doesn't have... The arm that Mahomes does. Right. Oh no, Lamar Jackson can sling it. He can sling it. Yeah, he but he doesn't have the accuracy. That's the problem. Because he's more the running quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, hats off to Lamar. Great game. Yeah. There was two unfortunate big injuries yesterday, though, and mm-hmm. to one of them a big team, and one of them a team that we've said was going to go nowhere. Unfortunately, Carson Wentz. Sprained not one but both ankles yesterday. How can you I'm do sorry. that? I have sprained both my ankles in lifetime, but never at the same time. How is that possible? God, I mean, the, I, I swear this man can't walk anymore. Like, I, I wouldn't or even. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even wiggle my toes if I'm Carson right. once. So Jacob Eason will be taking over in Baltimore, and uh, not Baltimore. Sorry, Indianapolis. Yeah, and. He's had time to work with the team at least, so at least they have a capable backup for now. Yeah, I mean, Am I hearing Philip Rivers returning soon, possibly. I mean, if he wants to quit that coach, he's too job. busy with his thirty-seven kids, Mark. So, <laughs> hey, then, if he, if he, yeah, if he wants to do it, fine. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. No, no, I keep cutting you off. Um, and then the one guy who I have been touting taking over in Houston. Tyrod Taylor, I said, was going to have an amazing year. Pulled his hamstring, is now out four to six weeks. That is a big loss to the Texans. And you have Davis Mills in there now. I mean, the poor Texans, they've had enough controversy, and then they were off hot. The moment Taylor went down, that team went down the toilet. Well, you feel bad for one Tyrod Taylor because that poor man, you know, he 
he he's obviously taken the most of the opportunities that he's had and has played very well. And he's he's a very good quarterback. And, you know, I just wish that he had that that one team that he can be stable with. He's been a journeyman in the NFL. We all know between Buffalo, out west, then he landed with Houston. Uh, my hopes were big for him this year, especially with yeah. his scrambling ability, but we won't be seeing him until after week eight now. So yeah. who's now going to get the ball in Houston? Davis Mills. Yeah, because yeah, no sign of Watson anywhere. Yes. Watson's going to be healthy scratch for the rest of the year. Wuss, wuss, wuss. Go mm-hmm. out and play the fucking game. How about that? And then, you know, yeah, you just feel bad for Houston because Houston, you know, they you know, Mark made a great point. He's 100% right. Fact that they, they had some life in them. Like, you know, because this, even last year when they were just god awful. You know, they still had fire under their you know what. Exactly. You know, they had something to, you know, be proud of in week one and parts of week two. Like, they had something to be excited about. So, it sucks. It really does. Hey, um, you know, I'm sorry, Mark, guys. What's the next game to talk about? No, go ahead, Bill. Well, there's one game we didn't get to. It was supposed to be with the local, but we talked about this a little bit yesterday on the sideline before. And you want to know something? It's like when I'm on things like the Thursday night gridiron or when I'm on the Sunday Sunday sideline before, I'm sure when folks saw me yesterday, they're thinking, ooh, we get to hear Bill go crazy about the Giants. When I'm yeah. on those type of shows, I got to be a little more tamed. Here comes Bill Rant, everybody. I, I When I'm on – Thursday night or Sunday, I got to be a little more tame. Here, I could just go batshit crazy. So, you wanted it, folks? You got it. What the hell? Giants are 0-2. But you know what? It's really no... Okay, it's some people's fault. Darius Slayton, as you said yesterday, Mark, should be, should be run out to another state. Should be shipped off to the middle of Nebraska. You don't want to be in front of Jersey folks. Yeah, right? or New York folks. So, yeah, ship him into the middle of Nebraska. Nobody looks, nobody cares about, no, wait, some people care about Nebraska. Okay, Idaho. We're shipping him to Idaho. Mark, what do you think would be better safe in Nebraska or Idaho? Or I Wyoming. think he'd be safe in either state, to be honest. Or Wyoming. He needs Have to play the country is what he needs to do. Go what play Canadian that? football. Ah, Canadian, Canada. But, <laughs> Like, Daniel Jones actually played really good on Thursday night. He actually had a good game. He did. And, and when you got the – some people saying Jones overthrew it. No, he didn't. Jones did not overthrow it. Slayton should have catched the damn ball. Well, no, Jones was actually pretty good all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, actually, he actually was throwing the ball very well. This was probably one of his better games. Yeah, and you know what? It, it just continues with the trend. He didn't win this game, but the for whatever reason, the Giants and Daniel Jones, they always have a game against Washington. So, and, and you know what? Nightmares. This is, and and the thing is, it's like okay, Washington's up. They Bradbury picks it off. I'm like, yes, we're in this game. We're gonna win this, and then. We got to talk about it. The moment that made me want to sit there and cry. 
the okay first the the field goal attempt it's no good i was watching with my brother and papa murph and when that field goal went up and it was no good me and my brother up yeah 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 we're high-fiving and then the flat on the field we're like thinking what Offsides, defense, number ninety-seven, and we're like, "What the?" Saying, "Um, quoted what I told one of my priests yesterday, Father, I was saying so many words. I think you may have to absolve me." He's like, "I was too." Shout out to Father Pat. But anyway, um, anyway, we were just we were literally yelling every word of the book, and guys. How big is that book? It's a pretty damn big book. I've read it cover to cover a couple of times. And and then and then Washington kicks the field goal to win. And we're like, and I'm like mad at more Dexter Lawrence. And then we're like, no, he wasn't awesome. And then the NFL calls the Giants and says, yeah, he was at offsides. Kind of useless now, guys. Kind of useless. It's basically, was, yeah, sorry, you got screwed. You still owe it too, though. That wasn't offsides? What, you thought it was, was offsides? offsides. He was, it was offsides. He was offsides. They was said offsides. he wasn't offsides. No, he was. He mo- Whether it was for a split second, yeah. whatever, he jerked across the line before the ball was snapped. That's offsides. Yeah, I mean, there, there was no dispute over the call. They, they, they actually dispute over the call, the NFL office? Yeah, Gene yeah they did. They Gene. did. They called the Giants and said, yeah, that was a messed up call. Mm, I don't know if I Gene agree with Sarah, that. Gene Serator said it best. It's a judgment call. It could have gone either way. He said, however, if I'm throwing the flag, that's offsides. He is the uh, head of officiating. He says that, you know it was offsides. Done and done, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, to me, uh, I I didn't see any reason to dispute that. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. Um, and the New York Giants again are zero two for the thirty eighth straight year. I, okay, you know what? I want to say something because I see this on a lot of my Giants Facebook pages, and this annoys the hell out of me now. Like I used to think this way, but now I'm starting to become more realistic. To the people who are saying, well, uh, we started our going with two in 2007, look what happened. They won the Super Bowl. Would you guys shut up, please? Please kindly shut up. Look what happened the last few seasons when we end up 0-2. Last year, we almost made the playoffs. But what do I always say about the NFC East, guys? All you got to do to win the NFC East is have a pulse. Well. That was Bill's rant, everybody. If yeah. you want to follow him, come and watch him in weekly. <laughs> just, 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 you know what? I'm, it's like, how come when things get better for the Giants? Like I said, Daniel Jones looked good, looked great on, on Thursday night. He looked good. He played well. What? Darius Slayton. Mm. Nebraska, <laughs> Darius. Nebraska. Um. <laughs> As my son's favorite Muppet Kermit the Frog would say, moving right along. (laughs) Uh, Before I say anything, if you go read my Taylor Heineke piece. Yes. Over. 
he is starter. I don't yes. want I don't want Ryan Fitzpatrick anywhere near the Washington football team. No, I agree with you on that 100. Take, take the year off and accept the fact that it's over, Mr. Ryan Fitzmagic. The Fitz, they don't have the Fitz magic in them. <laughs> yeah, they have the Fitz tragic, tragic, and it's good. It's good tragic. Do you think it's maybe time for Fitz Patrick to just pack it in? Yes. It should have been time after the Jets 2016 season. I agree with you there. Just but, uh, go away, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Just go away. Nobody wants you. The last game on my docket was a game that we had talked about on Sunday in great length because all we could talk about was a sea of yellow towels flying around. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers who took on the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Las Vegas Raiders told Pittsburgh to go back to a molten state. They made them look bad. Hats off to Derek Carr. What a game. Even without Josh Jacobs. It was a powerful game. It was a statement saying that John Gruden is running this team, and he's running it well. Yeah, and you know what? The the fact that they're so excited on that sideline, too, because, you know, everyone was thinking, well, this Raiders team's going to be a dumpster fire with John Gruden running the show. And, you know, everyone in front office with Al Davis and all that stuff, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know it's just it, – it, it, it's just horrible. It, it's just rough. Uh, excuse me, not Al – Mark, I'm sorry. That's okay. You can call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late to dinner. Because <laughs> I'm the one cooking it. So if I'm late, there's a problem. <laughs> Excuse me. Mark Davis. Excuse me. Not Al Davis. Al Davis has been dead for years. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, it was, it was a tons of fire. But to me, watching that Raiders team have so much fun playing in there. That's a good sign mm-hmm. for the Raiders. And this Absolutely. is two. This is they're they're two and zero now. They had a good Monday night game against the Ravens. It went mm-hmm. to overtime, and then they have a great Sunday afternoon in Pittsburgh. And it wasn't junk teams either. Yeah, no, these, these are, are two well put together teams they play. Yeah, and then you know they're it looks it seems like they're facing the AFC North this year. So that's two AFC North teams that they beat. Mm-hmm. That are incredibly tough. Yes, that's off to Vegas, man. And yeah, the Raiders coming out of the gate two and zero. Yep. I mean, it's a it's a nice sign. It's a good change. And I always liked Derek Carr, and I always gave him my support. I give him my support even more this season. Yeah. Hats off to him. Well, Derek mm-hmm. Carr. Derek Carr has always had that potential to. Like be a really dangerous quarterback, but he's just run into really bad situations on the Raiders, and the Raiders just never really progressed as they were supposed to. Right, and he never progressed really. You know, if you really think about it, like he never really grew into it. But hopefully, now that there's some type of stability with this Raiders team, that maybe they can start to grow something there. Yeah, yep. and um. And, you know, I want to ask you guys this, and I'm sorry I keep asking these type of questions. I know they're ridiculous, but what this show's for, go ahead. Um, Raiders are 2-0, Broncos are 2-0. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think the Raiders or the Broncos are now the biggest threat to Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC West? I think or they're, they're you far more. One, who's the bigger threat? They're far more than threats. Like, they're for real. That's a great division. That's a very tough division. And we expected all- that to be a tough division, the AFC yeah. West. Oh, yeah, we had talked about that in line. Like, nope. Just like the NFC West. I mean, you've got powerhouse teams there. Yeah, West is literally the best. Powerhouse teams and powerhouse quarterbacks. These are no gimmies here. No. It's going to be a battle, a huge battle. I hate to say it, but I'm sorry. the AFC is far better than the NFC this year. <laughs> Amen. Can, can you believe that that's actually being uttered out there? Yeah, I, that's I, never been the case. There is any, except for the Rams right now and the Buccaneers, I don't really see, even my Cowboys, I love them to death and I want them to go far. It's going to be Tampa or L.A. for the NFC, in my opinion. And I'm pissed at Brady through five touchdowns and two of them to friggin' Gronk. But at his age, he's throwing five touchdowns. Damn impressive. You cannot hate Gronk. Yes, I can. He's Gronk. I still hate him. He, He dominated my team for 10 years. And this looks like a rejuvenated version of him with Tom oh, Brady this year. Oh, oh. my God. He, he, I don't know what, I don't know if it's the CBD oil that he took <laughs> or <laughs> whatever it was. What's in the water down there, right? <laughs> like, like, have you in seen? Tampa, did, didn't Ponce de Leon look for the fountain of youth? Maybe they found it. <laughs> They're unbeatable. Oh. Are they going to get cryogenically frozen so they can play forever? Well, all I can say is Tom Brady came out and played a terrific game um, that, you know, got to give him credit where credit is due. But we'll see what happens in the upcoming weeks, you know. Oh, absolutely. Even he's mortal. Or is he? Well, we'll see. That should be a poll. Is Tom Brady mortal? Nobody's mortal. Nobody's mortal. He's an old man. You hit him hard enough, he ain't getting up. Oh, However, teams Brady. are too afraid to hit him because the refs are counting their dollar bills every day. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's not playing to his No. Let's He's not it. getting – well, let's hope he doesn't get two more rings because that would be – yeah. That'd be an autographed picture what I would have to own, unfortunately. <laughs> because what have I'm I sorry. always said here? I mean, you hold up that. You forget the word goat. He's beyond goat. He's God. He has he has ascended into Mount Olympus. <laughs> and I'm going to say this, and I've said this a million times. Tom Brady literally has really has nothing more to prove, but I think he's got one more thing to prove. What's that? October third, no. his return to Foxborough. No, no. That's- he beats. He, in the he reg- beats in the regular season, though. In the regular yeah. season, think about what you're saying, Bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, what am I? Okay, what I'm trying to say is, I need to elaborate here. Okay. Um, when he goes on October third to Foxborough mm-hmm. and beats the Patriots, he has officially beaten 
all 32 teams in the NFL, has seven rings, has multiple MVPs, then God's status has been obtained. I would hold that until Super Bowl. Excuse me. I would hold that to Super Bowl. Okay. I get I get what you're saying. It'd be really nice. I would hold that to Okay, he'd be blessed status. Then he becomes the same. Whatever. Whatever you want to say. But he he'll be he will be because at that point I don't think he has anything more to prove. You beat all 32 NFL teams, you won seven Super Bowls, multiple MVPs. Tom, time to pack it in, pal. Go be with Giselle. And it's time to pack in week two of the NFL season. Monday night football is going on right now. Uh, Last I saw it was 7-7. Yep, so... uh, Packers need to win tonight. Packers need to win. I mean, they lose to Detroit. Oh, my God. Maybe we're wrong about Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I, I, as the Blitzer writer, better start realizing that. (laughs) And And if the patch man... Come is here next week, and the Lions win. We get to sit here and laugh at him. Oh, we'll gloat. We'll gloat. We'll we will yeah. gloat next week we'll, if he's here. We will. We all should get cheese heads and wear them. <laughs> yeah. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. You're listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast. And also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insane. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. I've always noticed when it's football season, we spend like 45 minutes to an hour on football. Yeah, because it's crazy, man. So Does that bother me? Absolutely not. No, it doesn't have to bother you because we can just chug right along to baseball in that playoff race. And so far... The standings, if I could just get it here for a second. Uh, it's looking like the Rays are a lock for that division in the AL East. The White Sox look like a lock for the Central. And the Astros, barring a major, major run by Oakland, looks like they have the West. So uh, those division races seem to be pretty much done. But in the AL wild card, those just the top two spots are pretty close. I mean, I know the Yankees have struggled. Big oh, we'll get to them in a second. And the, the Yankees in their last 10 games are 5-5. Five five. They lost two in a row to the dumb shit Cleveland Indians. And, boy, those were two just terrible losses. I terrible know. losses. And then, the, and then, of course, before you had the loss, you know, to the Orioles. On that walk-off. Which, which was an awful loss. So I mean, these are teams you should be beating. Well, they should be they should be winning those games. These are and, winnable games. Yeah, I I was saying this. The Yankees need to win out because where are these wins coming from? You're not getting them from Boston. You're not getting them from the Rays. So then, well, so then, you, with those games that they had to win against Baltimore and Cleveland. 
should have helped them, you know, close out that wild card. And clearly the Yankees cannot, they, they're just not right for the moment this year. They're way underachieved. I mean, they're being up the, the Rangers right now. I mean, well, what's the score here? I'm getting a score. Four to one. Four, one. Four one. Yeah. So like, I mean, no, it's four two now because the, the Rangers just, uh, you know, they just uh, scored another run. But like, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just upset with this team. They're underachieving. They, you know, besides Stanton and Judge, you know, no other players stepping up. Cole, Cole's been fantastic. He, poor thing was booed off the mound uh, because you know the, the Yankees. It's not even hit. It's the pitching's been carrying this team. Yeah, and Susan Waldman yesterday on the radio broadcast said, "Give the guy a break." Yeah, and Craig Carton then thrashed Susan Waldman today. I didn't read what he said, but I heard she he said something about that. Um, well, I mean, he had a bad day. I mean, what, what, listen, Yankee, Yankee fans are going to be Yankee Yankee fans are going to be. And so. you know what? I got I got a few things to say because of the trash that happened this weekend. I was there Saturday. I was at the game. Mm-hmm. I was with my dad, my brother, and my brother's girlfriend, and the and it was just first. I gotta tell you this: it's just a weird thing here. The game was packed. Like if you didn't know the Yankees were playing the Indians, you would think it was like a Yankee Red Sox or a Subway Series game. Mm-hmm. Like it took me like an hour, almost an hour to get in, but. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. But you get in and you just see trash. Like Gary Sanchez, who was supposed to make that pop up, he said, I should have made that play. You're damn right, you should, Gary. And it's like when the floodgates opened, and when this team is under pressure, they don't, they can't play. But when the game is unreachable, they start playing. Well, it's not even that, dude. It's not it even is about, that. It's not even about pressure. Dude. I mean, you, you you make a good point, though. When you said the Yankees, when they're down, they just don't want to play and stuff. Right. They don't want to play. And they're not taking it seriously. And I'm sick and tired of the excuses that Aaron Boone keeps making. I'm tired of the whole nonsense that I have to hear from that manager every day about how, it'll, look, the team may not be, it may not look like it, but they have fighting the team. Well, I don't want to hear that because clearly they don't. So then why don't you, you know. If you want to show, if the team wants to show there's fight, then show it on the freaking field. He, he's trying He's trying to say stuff to make the fans feel better. He's trying to say the right things, but he's saying the wrong things. He's not a good manager. He needs to go. And the Yankees clearly, clearly are not in a good position right now to uh Make a run at the playoffs, even if they do make the playoffs. Do you trust them winning that wild card game? Hell no. No, because no. you said you and I were talking last night, Reg. Um, mm-hmm. you said that Boone should have been fired in twenty after twenty eighteen. Yes, they weren't going to because they won hundred games. But yes, because and what we saw from Boone that season was the same thing that we're seeing Boone from Boone right now. He punts on games and. You know, it goes well for a while, but then when it doesn't go well, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's clueless. He doesn't you know. know he doesn't know how to rally a team when the when the going gets tough. 
And that's what's so brutal about this is that, you know, you claim to be such a good team, you claim to have such a good um, lineup and stuff. But then when there's adversity, it's he just gives up. There's nothing out there. Nothing. You know, you know the famous quote from Dirty Dancing, nobody puts baby in the corner. Somebody put all of Major League Baseball puts Boone in the corner. Um, and he, he continues to get outmanaged every time. Man. And you know what it every is? Every time. I'm about to make a very controversial statement right now. And it's nothing's controversial. But go ahead. Two things need to go. Boone, and I'm probably going to get run out of town by this, but I don't care. Cashman needs to go. No one's disagreeing with you there. Right. But it's not about it's not about the Yankees need to get rid of Cashman. It's whether they want to do it. Like, here's I the don't thing, think they want to do it. Because here's the thing. All the Cashman defenders, all you know, all three of them. There's there's none of them. They're gonna be no the three Cashman defenders, they're all and probably Stein and probably Steinbrenner's thinking this. He's probably thinking. Well, uh, he gave us four World Series rings. We can't get rid of him. I'm like, no. Listen, I've said this on the air before, and I will say it again. Sorry I have to repeat my old talking points here today, folks, but they're relevant. You can't put, listen, Brian Cashman, led, help build those teams for 98, 99, 2000, 2009, four World Series rings. But guys, if you're defending Cashman, and saying, and you're saying, well, he gave us four World Series rings. We can't fire him. Okay, first, shut up. Exit stage right. And two, don't put all the four, don't put the four rings on the table and say nothing else matters. Don't put all the four rings on the table and say nothing else matters because it does matter. And I'm sorry, Yankee fans, and this is what we get scolded for. You can't live in the past anymore. Yes, those teams were great. Cashman did a good job. But you know what? I'm sorry. Sometimes you got to let go. You got to let go of the past. Like we could cherish the past and look back on it fondly. But you know what? Sometimes you got to move on. And I think Hank Steinbrenner at the end of the season. How? How? So I get them confused. I'm sorry. I think Hal Steinbrenner, either this season or maybe next season, has to call Brian Cashman in his office. Yeah, you could be courteous about this, Hal. The guy did give you four World Series, so you got to be somewhat courteous. Go over, shake his hand, and say, Brian, thank you for your service to our organization, but it's time to go in a new direction. It's not going to happen with him running the show. That I'm just being real with you. Because, again, he's, like, holding on to Brian Cashman. Because, again, Cashman helped build those teams. But you know what? Again, it might be. I mean, it, it'll be, do it'll I be think ballsy. it's going to happen? Be, Probably not. a ballsy move if he doesn't. It'll you be know really what? Ballsy. Hal Steinbrenner, again, the Steinbrenner family, you got to stop living in the past. Yankee fans, you got to stop living in the past. It's time for us to move forward. And... I think those two big moves would be getting rid of Boone and the big one would be getting rid of Brian Cashman. And I know, and, and you said, Reg, those statement, that statement isn't controversial, but it kind of is to the people who just don't want to let go. 
but it's time to let go. But people, but I feel like the fans do let have let go. I mean, if you talk about true, if you talk about the true Yankee fans that are watching this team, what team is trying to hold on to the '90s or the early 2000s? Like, what what Yankee fan out there is trying to say we're the glory New York Yankees from those in that era? No one. They're basically like what deep they down, today. true Yankee fans really don't want to see Brian Cashman go, but they're kind of like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's time to go. Well, no, I think a lot of Yankee fans are tired of Cashman. I'm tired of him, and I've been saying that for a while now. Yeah, so Mark, it, 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 it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, I know you're a Mets fan here, but do you have anything to? Uh... Considering with the Yankees, I don't really have a dog in the fight. Um, yes, as Bill said, I'm a diehard Mets fan and I'm listening to rumors left and right of what the Mets are going to do. And we'll get to that. But it's hard, it's hard not to focus on what's going on in New York with the Yankees. And they made a great resurgence and then they broke down. Inconsistency. And, it, you know, I can't put my finger, I can't put my finger to one thing. It's a lot of things, whether it's Cashman, problems with Boone too many stars in the outfield. You know, it's a lot of things. The the nerds yeah. in the front office trying to dictate the game. Yeah, and that's what it's all got to come down to. And yes, Cashman's got to go. Let him go get Billy Bean. <laughs> Let him go get oh Billy Bean. Oh, God. God. I'm more analytics. I don't like analytics anymore. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I will say this. Oh, Yankees, by the way, Billy Bean, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. The Yankees are a game and a half out of the second wild card spot. Toronto currently has that. They're facing the Rays who and they're facing uh, Shane Baz. You know, making his major major league debut so far, two runs to the Blue Jays, but the Rays are winning 3 to 2. So, you know, if the Yankees can hold on against the Rangers and you know, the Rays can win, you know that kind of it's helps. It's going to make it closer. It's going to be an exciting end to the It is going to be very exciting. Weeks. It will next be exciting weeks. and not only the Yankees, but the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. Oakland A's are a half game out yep. from the Yankees. So, so it's scary. It's scary. So would you agree with my statement, Dan or Bill, that the Yankees are broken at the moment? Yes. Pretty much. But speaking of broken, how about a record that was set today by the person I should have drafted as a catcher? Salvador Perez. <laughs> Breaks Johnny Bench's record for home runs as a catcher in a season with number 45 today. Hats off to Salvi. And I know Dan was very high on Salvador Perez. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I, I – I don't remember if I chose him in my fan. I don't, I don't care about my fantasy team anymore. Um, but, like, you know, one of the things I, – I just love Salvador Perez. I always have, always will. You know, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he catches. And, you know, he's a, he could be a very decent hitter. I was not expecting this type of season for him. He has brought run production to the Royals. And, you know, just a very exciting, you know, season for, you know, let's be honest, a team that's not really going anywhere. They're already eliminated from the playoffs. So, you know, I'm just really happy that he's having the season that he's having. You know, the fact that he hit 46 home runs, as a catcher, like what catcher hits 46 home runs? Mike Piazza. Came close. 
<laughs> Getting close. And Johnny you. Bench. That's thing. Like, no, yeah. no, we don't really see catchers that right. have 40 plus home runs in a season. Right. So I the mean, fact that he's an active catcher, you know, playing these games and doing a lot of damage to the ball that he has been, it's incredible watching. It really I, is. It's been an amazing year to watch. And as I said in our post earlier, I said I'm kicking my ass for not drafting when I had the chance. Yeah. So, um, so Mark, you gonna you gonna draft Salvador Perez next year now? Well, we'll see if he stays with Kansas City. Yeah. And that stadium, yes. I'm sorry. I think, he, I think he's a royal lifer. I'm being yeah. honest. I don't think he's going anywhere. I I think he is now the face of that team, and he's got a nice group of players to look forward to a yeah. much yeah. better season coming up. Yeah, and, and he's a pretty smart baseball guy. So, like, you know, he can definitely lead that team if they ever want to go pretty far. So. Right. Now, going to a statement going from one of my favorite baseball movies, The Sandlot, records are meant to be broken, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a baseball expert in somewhat more olden times. And there are a bunch of records out there that are, in my opinion, are never going to be touched. But looking at all of them, the top three that still come to mind, Cy Young, 511 wins, not going to be reached. Henderson stolen base record and Nolan Ryan strikeouts. Not going to be reached. Those are three that are very hard to do. Even Joe D's hitting consecutive games with a hit is never going to be broken, at least not in my lifetime. But records are meant to be broken, but there are some that are just so untouchable. Hey, Mark, I got a question. I got a trivia question for you now. Go ahead. Um, when Joe DiMaggio's hidden streak ended at 56, he started a new streak. How many games was that? I'm trying to stomp Mr. Old Lops guy. Yeah. I knew the answer to this, too. I don't know. I honestly don't know. You sure? Yes, I'm pretty sure. It was 16. Well, hope second. Are you, Bill, are you looking that up? I'm getting double confirmation. I don't believe that, man. <laughs> I'm getting double confirmation. Double confirmation, my ass. But, yeah, 16. It was 16. No, 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 I did know that. I, was just, I, was, I just had a moment. I'm thinking. Yeah. Joe DiMaggio was a great player. And you met but, him, didn't you? Oh, I've met Joe DiMaggio a few times. I've had dinner with the man. <laughs> okay. He, he, he's a great humanitarian. He was a great humanitarian and a excellent Yankee. Okay. One of the faces of the organization. But there's one record that a lot of people don't hear about that I just want to touch on quickly. In 1912, and this, this is going all the way back to when I was writing with a stone tablet. In 1912, <laughs> Chief Wilson hit 26, 36 triples. Ooh, 36 gosh. triples in a season. In my time, I've never seen a guy have more than 14. Now, yes, this is 1912 when the game was really in its beginning. But still... That's the hardest hit in baseball, in my in my opinion. Well, I mean, you're talking well because I mean nowadays not a lot of people are that fast enough to hit a triple, right? You know, I mean, most most triples we see now 
happen because the ball just skips by or he dove for the ball and it rolled away. You know, you're right. There is no one with that type of speed. Yeah. It's incredible. No one. That's incredible. 36 triples. Imagine that in the MLB yeah. nowadays in today's game. With all the analytics and all that stuff. That's not happening. Let's look over the last 20 years quickly between all of us. Name right. one player who you think could have done it. For me, done it. could have done it. Me, it would have been Jose Reyes. To me, I would say, who was pretty quick? Who was pretty quick? Can hit triples. Jimmy Rollins, maybe? Okay, that's another good pick. I mean, that's, that, that's mine. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe David Ortiz. Oh, it's God. So 20 years, right? You'd have to carry a Snickers out in front of him to get him around the bases. No offense, Bill. That's like saying Mo Vaughn would hit 40. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, can I get a mulligan here? Um, yes, you may. <laughs> I'm getting a mulligan. Okay. Um, who, who would hit 20 triples? I can't really think of anybody right now. It's a very tough question because a triple requires speed. Jimmy Rollins. Okay, so I'm not Jose as good Reyes. as I thought. <laughs> yeah, Jose Reyes. There's not that many. You probably can count them on both hands. Maybe 10 guys over the last 20 years. Ichiro, e- maybe. Ichiro. 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 I'm talking Ichiro when he started in Japan, Ichiro. Yeah, I mean, he when he was in Japan, forget it. I mean, he was just lights out. Yeah, he and can then slap he that took ball. The MLB by storm. He can slap that ball, dude. Oh yeah, two hundred and thirty-two hits in one season. Yeah. Okay, that's why he's one of the best hitters ever to play the game, and he wasn't a power hitter. Mm-hmm. So you know what we gotta have one day, um, Mark. I don't know if you remember this game show on ESPN. It was called Stump the Schwab. I remember it. I don't believe I really watched it that much. Yeah, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a bad game show. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, where, where people would try to stump the Schwab. We should have a stump old ops guy. Stump Just old. did tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That should be a game show. We, we have to stop him where it hurts the most. <laughs> and that's with the Mets. <laughs> we have to stop him where it hurts the most. By the way, Mets are seven out of that second wild card. Yeah, that unfortunately, too. As much as I've been bragging about them all year and stomping on and pushing them and rooting for them, the Mets will not make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Steve Cohen, open up the goddamn checkbook and just sign out anything you need. We won't care. We'll pay the higher ticket prices. Don't worry about it. I mean, Uncle Stevie. I mean, it's kind of so far, I mean, with Lindor, you yeah. know, you would think that would work out if they just get more players. I mean, the big key for them, you know, for the Mets for next year, and, you know, before we wrap this up, you know, the big key for the Mets next year, as a free agency goes, they have to let go of Jeff McNeil. I like him, but they got to let him go and put and re-sign Javi Baez and keep him at second base. Since he's come to the Mets, he's batted over 270 with nine home runs, over 15 RBIs, and this is not even a half a season. He is meant to play in that ballpark with Francisco Lindor. They've turned more double plays than most teammates do in a year. So I hope the Mets keep Javi Baez. What do you do about someone like J.D. Davis, though? J. 
J.D. Davis, who has one year of control left on his contract. So, I'm sorry, Jonathan, so, Jonathan VR has made a statement this season. Yes, he has. He's he has fantastic. played some great baseball. Yeah. I think VR should be the starting third baseman next year. I truly think that. I think Jonathan VR is the right answer. J.D. Davis, who you have one year of control over, he's not a bad ball player. Yeah, but if, you, a, but if you can get some, if you can send over that control to another team and get possibly prospects out, get or, prospects. Not, right now, you're not going to receive much, but yes, I would now at this point, I would look to shop whatever you can. Grab, grab youth. But you know, they need pitching down in the minor league. Their pitching is really, really little. So, I mean, you can pick up a couple of players. I mean, right now, Michael Conforto does not belong in New York the way he's played this year. And to, be quite, and, and to be quite honest with you, I was high on signing him to a big contract. So was I. I, I don't know. I don't know if I do it now. Maybe short term. Like if you want to go like short term contract. Yeah, he's a free agent this year. He was looking, as he said at the beginning of the year, for a 310 million 10 year contract. He'll be lucky to see 30 million over 10 years right now. Yeah. Okay. He's not going to get that. He's still a dynamic defender, but his hitting has just been so poor. Yeah. It's, it's incredible what's going on with the Mets uh, so far in the National League, just for, right before we wrap it up for real. Uh, San Francisco, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers all playoff bound everyone else right. still trying to clinch that's incredible yeah that's incredible wow and you know it's it's baseball anything can happen yeah pretty much anything it, and, you that's know. the thing about it anything can happen well folks that's another good inning how'd you feel oh good uh, always a pleasure guys yeah, we hope to have Patchy back, you know, as soon as possible. You know, our president and CEO, just a shout out. Aaron Rodgers doesn't suck tonight, so he should awesome. feel better. <laughs> That's good news. Yeah, yeah he, he can't suck tonight. He's on my fantasy yeah. team. He cannot <laughs> suck. So he does not suck tonight. He is thrown now a uh, touchdown, and he's looked very good. Yes. However, don't suck for me and don't suck for Patchy. at 14. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, that – that Lions team, the more I watch, the more, the more I'm scared. <laughs> well, not scared. The more I'm more impressed I am. The more impressed I am. So good for Detroit. Uh, but yeah, uh, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, catch all of our shows via whatever podcast thing, place that you listen to. Uh, Sunday sideline report on YouTube. Thursday Live. night gridiron. Thursday night gridiron on YouTube Live. Uh, today, we just announced another show. And I just want to plug this in a little bit. SIN's The Throwdown. It is a basketball centric podcast hosted by our current Blitzers Rams writer, Zach Haynes. And uh, we have uh, his uh, two other hosts, uh, Connor and Alex. I think Alex is the name. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But I just want to say to because Zach's been doing a good job with the Rams writing, writing, and I want to say to him and his two buddies who are doing this podcast, welcome to the insanity, guys. Good luck. We wish you all the best. And we are, we're very thrilled to have it. We, we've been working on this basketball podcast for a little bit. So, you know, test runs are coming right now. Shows coming sooner. 
we're thrilled to have him. So we're, we're really pumped about this and, uh, and hopefully it'll make our network bigger and stronger. And we can't wait to bring more content out for you. Check the blitzers out every week. Um, and follow the network, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Until next week, Danny Boy Regiment. Bill Murphy. And the one and only Mark Oldop's guy, Halpern. All right, folks, for uh, Orange Pack Van Lane, we all sign off. Peace out. Stay safe. Take care. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. Just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.